Good morning, everyone. Don, yes. All right. Okay. Um, before I get started, I wanted to just kind of give you guys a quick um, update on Carol Cole. Uh, Brent and Di and I went and visited her uh, this last week, and um, she's doing well, all considering. And it was a really good visit. And um, you know, she's just chatty and full of the spirit. And um, so, if you haven't gone in and visited her recently, go in and visit. And it's just good. We were there for an hour, just talking about old things, and she was remembering old songs and singing them, and all kinds of. All kinds of things. So um, it was a good visit. Please go visit her. Um, I know she really appreciates it. Uh, if you if you get a chance, she's still in the same place, same room, and everything. So and often you can find her in that first little room when you walk in. Okay. So today, grab water. Today we're going to um, talk about Psalm one forty three. So in uh, so the last couple years, I've been trying to memorize more scripture, and uh, so I had memorized one verse from the chapter um, in Psalm 143, and so at the beginning of this last year, there was a larger section, verses 6 through 10, that I decided to memorize that passage, and it's become part of my morning prayer. And so I thought today I would talk about um, verse 6 through 10, but then as I was reading, I'm like, oh, we're just going to go through um, the whole chapter. And I hadn't really thought a lot about the whole chapter. So we're just going to kind of go through that together today. Probably going to ask for a little talking precip- uh, precipitation, <laughs> participation today, and um, just kind of breaking it down. And this is something that you can do at home if you go through the Psalms and just kind of breaking it down and, and reading through it together, because I think they really apply to us in a lot of times. So um, we um, we all know what it feels like uh, to be stretched as far as you can, and if something doesn't give up, you just might snap. And so who better to guide us through those thoughts and feelings than David in the Psalms and other people that wrote the Psalms. So we're going to do that. So just a setup for Psalm 143. Um, David is being pursued by his enemy. It's probably King Saul. Don't know for sure. He doesn't say King Saul. Um, but if you're not familiar with that story, um, King Saul was not following the Lord. David was then anointed to be king, but he had not become king yet. And Saul was trying to kill him. Um, and David had once been in the court of King Saul and treated as a son. And now, um, so he loved Saul. Saul was trying to kill him. It could be other enemies because David fought a lot for Israel and he had a lot of enemies amongst other tribes and people groups and things like that. But today we're just going to say it was King Saul. Um, It's probably who it was. But so David's being pursued by King Saul and he's hiding in caves with his mighty men, with the men that are fighting with him. And he cries out to Yahweh, his God, our God. So um, before we break it down, we're going to read through all of Psalm 143 and then go back through. So if I turn this on one moment, there we go. Um, Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry for mercy. 
In your faithfulness and righteousness, come to my relief. Do not bring your servant into judgment, for no one living is righteous before you. The enemy pursues me. He crushes me to the ground. He makes me dwell in the darkness like those long dead. So my spirit grows faint within me. My heart within me is dismayed. I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. And this section here is the section I memorized for this year. I spread out my hands to you. I thirst for you like a parched land. Answer me quickly, Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, or I will be like those who go down to the pit. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. Rescue me from my enemies, Lord, for I hide myself in you. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. For your name's sake, Lord, preserve my life. In your righteousness, bring me out of trouble. In your unfailing love, silence my enemies. Destroy all my foes, for I am your servant. So let's go ahead and start with verse 1. Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry for mercy. In your faithfulness and righteousness, come to my relief. So David cries out and he petitions the Lord as the righteous judge to hear his plea and to deliver mercy and justice, to give him relief from the situation that he's in, um, being pursued, um, being, uh, yeah, that Saul wants to kill him, living in caves. Um, and uh, we may not be living in a cave and actively being sought out to be killed, um, but we can do this too. We cry out to the Lord. Um, to listen to us. Verse 2. Do not bring your servant into judgment, for no one living is righteous before you. Before David prays for the removal of his trouble, troubles, he prays for the pardon of his sin, to not be dealt with according to his sins, and he depends upon mercy for it. He recognizes that all people are sinful, both the ones trying to kill him and him himself, he himself. But he's asking for mercy and salvation, for the promises of the Lord to be kept. Deliver me in your righteousness, because no one is righteous on their own. Do not deal with me as I deserve to be dealt with. He's asking for mercy and grace. And Jesus took the judgment for our sins upon himself, and he gives us mercy and grace. Verse 3, the enemy pursues me. He crushes me to the ground. He makes me dwell in the darkness like those long dead. David states his troubles and distress, oppression from his enemy. So crush, the definition of crush means to compress or squeeze forcefully. Sorry, I'm tripping over a lot of my words today. Forcefully, so as to break damage, or distort in shape, or to violently subdue. King Saul tries to defeat him, to kill him. Um, He makes me dwell in darkness 
So we talked about um, darkness. David and his men are living in caves as they hide from King Saul. It's dark like a grave. He says, like those long dead. It's dark in the cave like a grave. Imagining what that must be like. Um, I think it would be lonely and depressing and cold and feel hopeless. And because of this, in verse 3, um, the enemy pursuing him and feeling crushed, David feels like this, what we read in verse 4. So my spirit grows faint within me. My heart within me is dismayed. So what words come to mind when you hear this? Anybody can speak out as far as your spirit growing faint and your heart being dismayed. Any thoughts? Mm-hmm. What's going on inside of me? And I think of despair and fear and tiredness, discouragement, feeling overwhelmed. And maybe David feels like he can't go on another day like this. He says, my heart within me is dismayed. The definition of dismayed is Experiencing or showing feelings of alarmed concern, upset, worried, or agitated because of some unwelcome situation or occurrence, unhappiness, and disappointment. And this is what his heart feels. So what does David do? In verse 5, it says, he says, I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. David tried to encourage himself by remembering who God is and what God has done. When he could do nothing else, he could still remember God's goodness and be at peace. Remembering what God has done, his faithfulness to him, his faithfulness to his people, through all the generations. Yahweh is faithful and mighty, loving and truthful. He keeps his word. He has a plan. He's a good father. And this is a good place for us to start when we need to encourage ourselves. Remembering Yahweh's faithfulness throughout the generations and his faithfulness throughout our lives. Reading scripture and thinking and meditating on it, learning from it, memorizing it. When was the last time you memorized scripture? We often think about that for children. Most of the verses I know I've memorized when I was a child. We had Bible scouts at my church. It was like a wana. And, you know, you get patches for memorizing verses. And that's when I memorized most of my scripture. And it seems like as we become adults, we kind of move away from that. You either just remember the ones that you learned when you were a child or it's for children. We don't have time. But I encourage you to memorize scripture. Um and when I memorized the, the passage from this, I wrote it on a note card and I just kept it with me. And I think about it different times throughout the day and go back and check it. I've done a thing in recent years. They were like these temporary tattoos that would come. It was a subscription that had a verse you'd memorize a month. It would have the first letter from each word in the verse. 
So throughout the day, you know, like you try to remember it. Also, I had a key tag. I put on my keychain, try to remember it. I looked down at it, and it just had that prompt of one letter. And you could write that on a card, you know, just like the first letter of each word in it to just help stimulate that and memorize your scripture. Because then as you lay in bed at night, as you go throughout your day, you can just remember God's word and remember what he's done and encourage yourself in that. The more we consider who Yahweh is and what he has done, the less we will fear people and circumstances. I like this passage in Isaiah 51, 12 to 13. Um, This is Yahweh talking. I, even I, am he who comforts you. Who are you that you fear mere mortals, human beings who are but grass, that you forget the Lord your maker, who stretches out the heavens, and who lays the foundations of the earth, that you live in constant terror every day because of the wrath of the oppressor who is bent on destruction. Um, I just like that, as remembering who God is and what he's done. And when we do that, um, and we remember who God is, it helps us to remember to not be afraid of human beings who are but grass, and um, that we don't need to be afraid, and we don't need to forget our Lord. We remember him, and so that's encouraging. So the next verse, David says, I spread out my hands to you. I thirst for you like a parched land. So let's start with, I spread out my hands to you. Spreading out our hands in worship and prayer. Or it could mean, he could have meant, um, as someone begging for alms, expecting to receive something great. We worship our God daily. With praise, we worship him with our lives. We cry out to him as a good father who gives us good gifts. I thirst for you like a parched land. What words come to mind when you think about that phrase? Thirsting like a parched land. I think of longing, need, desperation, Dry, cracked, barren, craving water, a need for refreshment. And this is a theme of David's in the the Psalms. It's a way that he expresses his longing and desperation for Yahweh to rescue him, to have an encounter with him, to bless him. Um, Like in Psalm 63.1, He says, you, God, are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. Nothing else will relieve us of our thirst. And we talked about this not too long ago. But Jesus is our spring of living water, our hope. John 7, 37 to 39 It says, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit. I am desperate to hear the Lord's voice. I long for it. I long to hear him more clearly and to walk in the fullness of what is to come to walk in his ways, to heal and bring hope to people. I cry out for it. 
I'm desperate for it. At least I think I'm desperate for it. You, know, you assess your life. Am I really desperate for it? Is it what I want or am I just, or am I really desperate for it? And David says, answer me quickly, Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me or I will be like those who go down to the pit. We'll take it a line at a time. Answer me quickly, Lord. So this is what David said when he stretched out his hands to Yahweh. He wants to know quickly that Yahweh is pleased with him, that he loves him and will have mercy on him and deliver him from his enemies. He has an urgent desire and need to hear Yahweh quickly, to revive him and give him hope. Who else prays that Yahweh will answer us quickly when we pray? Yes. My spirit fails. Despite David's earnestness to remember God's faithfulness, he is still downcast, discouraged, tired, feels like he can't go on or muster hope or courage, dismayed, sinking. I feel like there is a you are here sign at this part of the verse for me this last week. This is how I felt this last week and kind of weeks coming up. I feel like I need the Lord to answer me quickly or my spirit will fail. I've felt mentally and physically exhausted and overwhelmed. I like to be honest with you guys. That's how I felt. When I feel this way, then I want to quick quit things. I long for a simpler and easier life. And I may feel easy, easily angered. And we've probably all been there in one way or another. But like this last week, Lord, I need to hear you. I need to know what I'm speaking on Sunday. I need strength. I don't even know if I can go on with being a pastor. I know I'm still going to do it, but I don't even know. I understand what Brent said when he said sometimes, like, I could just leave this and go work at Home Depot. Like, I get it. I just want to be at the library. I just want to read, sit down and read a fiction book and not have to learn something for a moment. But I know that this is where you've placed me and I want to encourage people. And as soon as I feel that refreshment and encouragement from him, I'm like, yes, yes, Lord, you are good. And this is what I'm supposed to do. And this is where I'm supposed to be. Give me your words. David says, do not hide your face from me. Words that come to mind uh, to me for this is to ignore or turn away, to be silent, to not look at me, to be distant, to not respond. David does not want God to be angry or upset with him. He may be saying, Yahweh, don't turn away from me like one you are displeased with. I don't want to be in doubt regarding your love or favor. Please show me the evidence of your grace and mercy. Or I will be like those who go down to the pit. This is how David will feel if Yahweh withdraws from him or doesn't answer him quickly. He will feel like those that go down to the grave. He'll feel dead and lifeless. Words that come to mind for me with this is death, hell, bottomless pit, fear, condemnation, destruction, separation from God, darkness like a grave. Yahweh's displeasure, his face turned away, is worse than death. 
Also in Psalm 28, 1, David says, To you, Lord, I call. You are my rock. Do not turn a deaf ear to me. For if you remain silent, I will be like those who go down to the pit. So he has his feelings over and over. Verse 8. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. What words come to mind? To me, I think, fresh mercies, hope, love, a message, rejuvenation, knowing that I'm remembered, joy, gladness. Let my waking thoughts be of God's loving kindness. David asked for God's favor to manifest, for Yahweh to give him a fresh word of love. And we all need this refreshing. And this verse is the first one that I had memorized from this chapter several years ago. And then decided to memorize the rest. To just pray in the morning that I would hear his word of love. For I have put my trust in you, trust in God for everything in every situation, knowing that he knows everything that is going on, that he wants what's best for me, unwavering, to know that he is true to his word and will not fail me. Dependence on him. David has put his full trust in Yahweh. Show me the way I should go. For to you, I entrust my life. We trust God to show us the direction that we should take. We trust him with our life, with everything, and we go where he leads. Even if we don't know where the path will take us. Even if it seems like we are in a dark, cold cave, the Lord will guide and direct us. David was not asking which way is the most pleasant way to go, but what is the right way for him to go. He entrusted God Uh, with his life. Verse 9. Rescue me from my enemies, Lord, for I hide myself in you. So David's enemies were human enemies. Saul, other nations, tribes, um, and spiritual enemies. Um, and, uh, And he said that he, excuse me, um, would hide himself in God He trusted God to protect him, that God was his protection, his refuge. Um, Yahweh is our trust to protect and defend in our troubles, to rescue us. And so when he, um, when he, sorry, I'm back and forth between he and we, I stumbled on there. Um, When he looks at Yahweh as hiding in him, it's like a stronghold. Or even the cave, you know, David was using the cave as his stronghold, um, looking to Yahweh as his stronghold to protect him, to have walls of protection. Or like a hen and a chicken, a chick, you know, to be under his wing and protection. And Yahweh protects us like that. We are hidden in Christ. In Galatians 2.20, um, it says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And in Colossians 3.3, 3, 
For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So we are hidden in Jesus. The enemy sees Jesus. His name is above every other name. He rescues us from our real enemy, deliverance, mercy, and grace, that our enemies will not have their way against us. As remember, in Ephesians 6.12, it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We talked about our enemies recently and loving our enemies. So we're not to have the same outlook that David did against his enemies when he was fighting. But we realize who our real enemies are and that Jesus' name is above them all. Verse 10, teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. And this is similar to show me the way I should go. David is stating again that he wants to know God's will and way. You have my allegiance, and I will do your will. Above the will of all others, teach me how to do it. You are the one that I worship. We can depend on God to teach us to do his will. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. David knew the spirit of the Lord. He knew that the Holy Spirit was good and gracious. Being led by the Holy Spirit on level ground. And what do you think of with level ground? I think smooth, solid, not treacherous or full of potholes or pitfalls, roots or tripping hazards. And if Jesus is our Lord, then we are filled with his spirit and we can ask Holy Spirit to lead us on that level ground to keep us from tripping. Psalm 25, 4-5 is similar. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Let's go back to 143, verse 11. For your name's sake, Lord, preserve my life. In your righteousness, bring me out of trouble. Preserving David's life would bring honor to the name of the Lord. It would have looked bad for the name of the Lord for David to be killed because he was not protected by or seemed to not be protected by the God that he served the God that promised that David would be king and that his throne would endure forever. In your righteousness, bring me out of trouble. Because God does what is right and he is just, David prays that Yahweh will see the injustice and bring David out of trouble. And we pray that will be the same for us. Last verse, verse 12. In your unfailing love, silence my enemies. Destroy all my foes, for I am your servant. David prays, because you love me with a love that never ends, as a father that loves his child, silence and stop my enemies from advancing on me. Reckon with those that are opposing me and causing trouble. I am your servant. I serve you. I do your will. I am indebted to you. You are my master. I am with you no matter what. I am owned and protected by Yahweh. Jesus is the name above all other names, and he has defeated our spiritual foes. He is our Savior. 
So, summing up, came to the end. So David was a great soldier who saw Yahweh deliver him many times, and yet he felt overwhelmed and in despair at times. The circumstances that he was in were overwhelming. He needed to hear God's voice. He needed deliverance from the situation that he was in. He needed hope. And like David, we can cry out to Yahweh with whatever feelings that we have. He already knows, and he isn't afraid of our feelings. When we need to encourage ourselves or others, let's remember the goodness of our Lord. We need to remind ourselves of what he has done through the generations and throughout our lives. Read scripture. Meditate on it. Write it on a note card and memorize it. Remember it when you need encouragement and when someone else needs encouragement. And I'm going to be reading through the Psalms more often as I was studying and reading through this. It just speaks to you. It makes you think about, um, puts words to what you're thinking and what you're feeling and helps you remember that it's okay to wrestle with these things with the Lord. And no matter our situation, we remember that Yahweh is faithful. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that we can be truthful with you, that we can come to you when we feel tired and worn out and downcast and overwhelmed. That we can come to you when we feel joyful and we have hope. In all feelings, we can come to you. We thank you, Lord, for your love, for your grace, your mercy. We thank you for your faithfulness. And I thank you again, Lord, that you give us hope. Please speak to us clearly. Speak to us quickly. Encourage us. Give us strength as we walk out these days here on earth. And we look forward to the day when we see you face to face. And we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.